Welcome to The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. I am your host, Matt Philbrick. Welcome to this episode of The Real Game. I am your host, Matt Philbrick. It's great to be back on the air today. Uh, Last week, if you tuned in, I started doing some episode called uh, 10-Minute Tuesdays. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, it it was 10 minutes of me just talking about coaching and my decision to continue to coach this year. And the focus was really what do retired coaches, how can they give back to the game after they have retired? So that's just a quick 10-minute episode. Today, we're going to do a full-length episode, and I am honored to have a couple of guests on with me today that I've actually never spoken to before today. Uh, Mabel Valdez and Courtney Yarber. Did I pronounce your names correctly? Got it. All right. Very good. So, Mabel, you and I actually have a family connection, even though we've never met before, but um, (laughs) your sister, Jay, married into our family. She is an awesome human being that I enjoy spending time with. Um, The only thing I don't like about her is that she's a Yankees fan. I just can't get past that. Um, Every time I go, every time I go visit Jay and Andy, Jay makes it a point to wear her Yankees stuff. As soon as I walk in the door. So it's only someone. Well, I guess we're starting off on the wrong foot too. I figured you're probably a Yankees fan as well, but it's fine. You know, I'm going to try to push that to the back of my mind and, and just push, I'm going to, I'm going to push on here. All right. So, um, Mabel, tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell me a little bit about your, your, your coaching journey, or I know you're doing a little coaching now. I know you've been an athlete your whole life. Tell me a little bit about that and how you arrived to what you're doing now. Okay. So I have been involved in sports from, a very, very young age. So I did a little bit of tennis actually when I was young elementary age and had a very short gymnastic stage, found out that was not my thing. Uh, started getting into softball and soccer in elementary and uh, upper elementary and really, really enjoyed soccer. Still a, a favorite of mine to participate in. And then got into softball Uh, more as I got older. Soccer and softball followed me through middle school. And then at our school, they didn't allow us to do basketball until we were in seventh grade. So I started to play organized basketball when I was in seventh grade. And then it kind of became me and my dad's thing. So my dad was a point guard when he was younger. So he started to work with me more once we figured out that that was kind of my niche. And I stuck with basketball uh, the most. So I did softball in eighth grade. put it down in ninth grade, got back into it 10th through 12th grade. But basketball, I did seventh grade all the way through graduating high school, got recruited to play college level. So did four years of that. And then after college basketball, was able to assistant coach for two years on the college level. And then uh, once I finished grad school, I stepped away from the coaching side, still play pickup and stuff, uh, tried to stay active as much as I could and officially got back onto coaching as an assistant coach for women's basketball in high school last year. And then uh, this past season, I did assistant coach, uh, JV varsity 
uh, girls and then I added on varsity boys and then I officially rejoined softball this year as well as an assistant coach so I have um, this was my first three year like three sports at a time in a season which was mm-hmm. very busy and uh, I'm sure yeah uh, sounds ridiculous but but it was a lot of fun <laughs> I, I, love, I love being around sports so yeah. it was hard to stay away well I, I just remember when I first contacted you it was probably a month ago now and you guys were like, oh, we're busy tonight with softball. We're busy this weekend with the, with softball. And, you know, we're going to be busy next week with softball. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. uh, it sounds like you're busy, but it, I love hearing how involved you are and uh, how you're giving back to the game like that and investing yourself in other people's lives. So that's good to hear. Um, Courtney, what about you? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? Yeah, so I started actually playing soccer when I was younger. Um, I tried my hand at basketball a little bit. It didn't work. But um, my dad coached my sister in softball at around 11. I think I started going over toward that side. And I kind of just stuck with that through high school. Um, Got my big break starting on varsity level when someone got hurt. And then I kind of just stayed in as a freshman through there. Um, Went to college at PCC where Mabel went as well. But I just played intramural. And then after I graduated in 2017, I moved to California Started coaching there my first year, and our um, our team won a championship. Middle school team, that's what I coached for two years, and I Exciting. moved back, and I got to, yeah, very cool for my first yep. year coaching. Um, moved back to Florida and kind of, which I feel like is any coach's dream, got to learn underneath a very seasoned softball coach, and I kind of took over the 12U program through a local rec center as a feeder program for the varsity level and mm-hmm. then COVID hit. So that was my first year here at West Florida. And then I um, got to go one more season underneath our, our head coach. We kind of combined teams, which was really neat for me to be able to learn so much from him and then took over last year's head coach. We won third place. And then this year we just brought home the championship trophy last week. So Fantastic. Um, pretty cool. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're doing something right. So that's good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So are you both, you're both in Florida then? Is it the Pensacola area or where are you guys located? Yeah, we're right outside Pensacola, about 20 minutes, um, okay. West Florida Baptist Academy. Very good. Very good. So, um, Courtney, growing up, being involved in sports, obviously like you were, can you think of maybe a person or a coach specifically um, who played an influence in your life and maybe, you know, had something to do with you choosing to stay in that field a little bit. Yeah. So my dad was actually my first softball coach. So that was obviously a big, um, big part of that. He really pushed me. And I know, I'm sure as you know, coaches are most hard on their children. So I Mm -hmm. kind of experienced that firsthand. Um, But my high school softball coach, it was a husband and wife pair. And um, I just remember specifically after my junior season, I came off a really good offensive season. I go into my senior year um, playing those same teams and they just knew where my weaknesses were. And I really struggled. I went to a very bad slump um, and it wasn't because of hard work, lack of hard work, but I remember he sure. would step aside with me and would, um, put in extra work and toss with me and the mental part of this, the game. Like I remember just walking back and forth on our track, like crying and he was right there beside me every step of the way. Um, and I remember thinking in my head, like, I want to be that for somebody one day. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he probably been the biggest influence in that area. Yeah. I've, I've had a lot of people on here and I typically ask them the same question, you know, who, who in your life has influenced you the most um, in your sports journey. And a lot of people have said they're dads and I love to hear that, you know, I love to hear dads are obviously a huge part of the family dynamic and mm-hmm. I love to hear that influence that they're having on their kids. And, and, uh, that's great to hear. Um, Mabel, how about you? 
So I'm going to jump on the dad team thing for a minute because um, I remember, yeah, I remember uh, that being a way that my dad and I could spend some time together. And uh, he was really the person who taught me the very basic level things about basketball and, and drilled them with me. And those are the things that I think we kind of as athletes don't want to have to do. I want to skip that and just be good. But my dad did not let me skip things mm-hmm. and uh, expect to be good. He taught me the work that comes behind that. So all the little ball handling drills and the rebounding drills and hours and hours of that. But as far as like my uh, and he would come to my games and, you know, built in dad coach is talks in the car after the game. I also got a built in <laughs> brother coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was good coach slash critic, which is good. Um, and then <laughs> as I moved into the, you know, when, when, especially, you know, thinking about going into the college level, cause I would have never expected to do that, but a coach like coach sellers, who's still coaching at PCC. Now he actually moved to Pensacola the summer that I graduated high school and my youth group happened to be at PCC for summer camp. Okay. And that's where he started talking to me about college level sports. And again, I would never, I would have never thought I, I was going to try to try out on a team and just kind of be a walk on, but he offered me a spot because we'd known each other for many years in high school actually our schools were rivals so I knew him for a long time and so when we bumped back into each other over the summer he offered me a spot on the team and uh, just the the way that he uh, taught me the IQ side of basketball Mm -hmm. uh, as a player but then believed in me enough to give me the opportunity to assistant coach at 22 and uh, a lot of people cannot say that and uh, the fact that he thought that I could be invested in he even let me coach a b team and uh and work with them too and taught me different elements of the game that i would not have learned as a player taught me how to kind of be the brain of an athlete while they go out there and execute this is why you're important and uh, the build-up side of coaching as well and then his family became my family away from home and just so many elements of that kind of like what courtney said i remember Mm -hmm. thinking i want somebody else to love this game like i do and uh and i got to just just absorb all of this information from this extremely talented coach and the mm-hmm. fact that he took the time to do that with me. Uh, those are just things that I'll never forget. And I can That's hope awesome. to be person. Yeah. yeah. Those, those are great memories and it's good. I love hearing how impactful he was in your life. I'm actually looking for an assistant coach next year. So I'm going to send you an application. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, don't take her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk off the air later. Um, okay. Good deal. Uh, so, I don't want to make this all about, you know, female athletes and females in sports and stuff like that. But, well, okay, I lied. I actually do because I haven't had the chance to have two two ladies on the show at the same time. So, um, in your opinion, let's start with you, Mabel. In your opinion, what are some of the unique strengths or advantages that female athletes or coaches bring to the sporting world? Okay, so... And I'm thinking as I get to think as both on this question, which I think is cool because mm-hmm. I've gotten to be both sure. for girls and guys now officially since last year. So awesome. or yep. since this past season. So I think um, I think that for me personally, seeing women in sports gives me a woman to look up to in sports because mm-hmm. 
in a, in a world that was heavily dominated by men, mm-hmm. uh, guys have guys, guy athletes to look up to. And I, I've always wanted to be a girl athlete. I, I think I needed the activity and the getting outdoors and the having fun. My parents never forced us to do anything, but I think they were inadvertently teaching us, look, being active is fun. Let's, you know, let's go outside and play. But then having an organized place to do that, which is organized sports, and then having girls to look up to, like, look, this female is is being active and participating in the sport, but she's not sacrificing her femininity. Like mm-hmm. she can still go compete. She can get dirty. She can slide tackle. She can be aggressive on the basketball court. She can slide on the softball field. She can do all of those things, but she can still step off of the field or the court and be a feminine. And doesn't those does that make sense? Like yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, those things don't have to be manly or act manly in this world. And I, I, I remember my mom was a part of this too, and she probably doesn't even realize or know this, but she was still teaching me how to be a woman, even though I was participating in contact sports and and learning the tenacity and the intensity and the aggression that comes with that. But uh, but I still got to learn how to be a woman at the same time. And I and I didn't know this until I got older and I got to be in college sports. And and now I get to coach that I got to be a reflection of both aspects of a girl, of a Mm -hmm. woman. And I love that. I love that about sports. And I just I really want to give younger girls a person to look up to to show them you can compete and not sacrifice the difference, the, what makes you a woman at the same time. So I, I love that, that athletes can do that and that coaches can do that as well at the same time. Uh, that's a great, that's a great perspective that you have on that. Um, I think it's a great message for all female athletes to hear, but especially young up and coming, you know, kids, young teenage girls that are just maybe perhaps entering into the world of sports. Um, that, like you said, they can be aggressive. They can they can play hard. They can get dirty, but they can still act and behave like young women should act and behave. Mm-hmm. But that's Absolutely. a great, it's a great perspective. What about you, Courtney? What do you think about that? Yeah, this question was one of those ones that really made me think because I would think a lot of times that girls' sports are kind of given, um, well, they're just girls, or like they don't, they're not as like they can't compete at as as high of a level, I guess, as guys. But right. I think thing, something that really stuck out to me and as I was thinking through this was like the mental part that girls kind of ch- that struggle with um, or the emotional side of sports. Like, I mean, as girls, I mean, it's not uncommon to see girls crying throughout the game. Like mm-hmm. we just played a game where the pitcher's crying while she's pitching. Like it's just part <laughs> of how God created us differently sure. than men. Um, and what's been, I think, a unique it's almost like a challenge as well as can be an advantage. It's just working through that. Like the mental toughness that comes from females is just, you know, there's so many things that we think through and, and just trying to block all that out and making it happen up here in between our ears. Um, and then channeling those emotions to like benefit you. Um, it's right. something that we've, we've seen our girls overcome this year. And some that I think is unique. And also from a coaching perspective, um, I'm not a mom yet, but there's a motherly nature that comes. Mm-hmm. with a female coach female to female the coach I took over for was a male and he was a dad of one of the girls but there's just a different side when when a girl can confide in you and what happens outside the chalk lines or you know I know what you're thinking like I, I can see it behind your face yeah right. those things are like the female coach really can come in and kind of give that nurturing aspect that male male to female male coach to a female player doesn't really have yeah yeah 
man, you guys, these are some good answers. I'm glad I, I'm glad <laughs> I have you guys on here. It's funny uh, some of the things you've mentioned because um, some of my coaches here, two specifically, my my women's um, basketball coach and then my middle school girls basketball coach are both men, but they both only have girls. Um, so they both have they both have multiple daughters, and then they have female assistant coaches. So um, I feel like in some way the fact that they have girls at home um, and the fact that they have female assistant coaches it just gives them a leg up in terms of relating to the girls and helping them through whatever they might be going through that day. You know, it could be something different every day. So you don't know. know. Yeah, Yeah. that's really, (laughs) yeah. So Mabel, here's another tough question for you. How do you hand out you, you, you've grown up playing sports. Now you're coaching and maybe still playing a little bit. How do you handle, or how have you handled criticism in the past from external sources maybe fans, maybe other players, maybe other coaches, whoever, it doesn't matter. Um, and what do you do to keep your focus and your confidence up? As an athlete, I would say I had mentors and uh, coaches who I knew were solid sounding boards. I knew that I could talk to people who were unbiased and uh, who would give me input because they cared. Mm-hmm. I think that there are critics that come just to criticize because to prove a point or to prove that they know things. But I'm thankful that I had, and I say I say unbiased, but you know my my parents were a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is my dad knows the sport. My brother very intelligent. So there were things that there that they would point out to me. I had really smart coaches, very intense coaches my whole career and uh and I knew I could trust them. I knew I could trust their smarts because I I'm thankful and I am blessed and I know everybody can't say this but I had coaches who wanted me to succeed. Mm-hmm. They cared more about my success than a W in a book or than proving a point. And yeah. and I knew I could trust them. And as a coach, uh, the criticism has been different because sure. I'm not just dealing with a player. I'm also dealing with their parents mm-hmm. <laughs> and and with a school and a system and all of that. But I I cannot emphasize enough mentors, mentors sure. as an athlete, a mentor as a coach, people who sit in the stands who have been in the same seat that I've been in and who understand the weight of that. And there are certain things that just have to be blocked out because mm-hmm. there's the there's the reality that everybody's not going to be pleased. And yeah. I am a people pleaser there. I do have that part of me. And so I, I got to learn that, especially playing at a college level and understanding the the way that criticism leveled up mm-hmm. and figuring out what things needed to be blocked out and what things I needed to use. Yeah. And thankfully, again, from just a very young age, I was I was taught by caring parents and coaches and youth pastors and youth pastors' wives and all of those people that I allowed to speak into my life. I was taught by them uh, the the blessings and the lessons. Like these are, you know, these are the things, it's like a watermelon, eat the good stuff and then spit mm-hmm. out the seeds. Figure sure. out the things that are gonna help you and then just block out the other. And, and that mental toughness, part of it, a big part of it has to be taught and people yeah. took the time to teach me. Right, and then right. now, now I have people in this school and I got to coach with people who still teach me. I could pick up the phone and call coach Shellers right now. Mm-hmm. And I know, and the coaches that were coaching here, I've gotten to assistant coach 
the last two years. So I've gotten to sit under people who, even when I make a choice, I can go back and ask them, um, you know, how could I have done this better or are still critiquing me, but I know that it's always been for my success. Right, right. So God's blessed me with people who care about my success. And so I would say mentors, mm-hmm. mentor people who are smarter than me and never, ever thinking I'm the smartest person in the room. Finding somebody smarter all the time. Yeah. And there's there's always going to be somebody smarter out there, no matter how much we've achieved or how much we think we know. Um, That's that's a great point. I feel like you can be very, the more you care, the more critical you can be and that you can give that Mm -hmm. and you can receive that. So Mm -hmm. you can be on the receiving end of criticism, but if you know that person cares about you and loves you, um, it doesn't matter. Like it's more, it's more well-received. So it's kind of like, the more, you know, if you, you invest in that person, you give to that person and when it's time to be critical mm-hmm. and do it in the right way, it, it, it can be uh, very beneficial as a coach or as a oh, player. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Courtney, uh, obviously you, you've been involved in sports for a long time and you've been around kids and physical activity and stuff. We're coming off of now, you know, we're seeing the longer term effects of COVID a little bit in our youth and how that's playing out in your opinion how important is physical activity specifically specifically competitive sports in the lives of kids and how can they benefit from that yeah that was um sports are just everything that i grew up with and so it's like ingrained in me that the competitive competitive nature in my classroom as a teacher like it's always about games and and so many lessons can just be taught from that i mean you know how to work with others overcome adversity um control themselves and their emotions and how to work hard and um from a teacher side too, I tell my students and my kids every year, every player, you know, I'm going to push you and it's going to hurt a little bit, um, but it's definitely going to be worth it. And like, if we never push them, you know, some, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like um, some kids don't ever reach, reach their full potential. Um, it might be because they don't want to be pushed. It could be because their parents think it's too much mm-hmm. um, or they just, ever, they give up before seeing results. But the, the coaching side of us can see like, just let me push you a little bit further. And that's where competitive sports, I think, really come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last I think back to last week and our girls just played for 12 hours, you know, all day long. And if they if we hadn't prepared them and pushed them throughout the season, like there's no way we're taking home a trophy. Oh, yeah, and um, even Mabel says at the end when we're holding it up we're like, we don't remember, you don't remember the extra hours of practice. Like none of that matters. Mm -hmm. But if we don't put in the work every day, we're never going to see those results. Um, And I think we just kind of have a culture, even maybe in post COVID or just a generational um, feeling that hard work isn't, you know, always the best answer or, you know, don't push my kids too far. Um, And I think some of them kind of shy away from that, but I see Mm -hmm. potential in my classroom. I see potential in my teams and if they would just let us, and that's where it all kind of comes together. Like parents, coaches, and um, players, we all got to be on the same page, pulling the same way. And sometimes we get a little bit of pushback from that. But, mm-hmm. you know, the passion that comes from behind that, like, I just see so much in you. I wish you could just just give in and let me push you a little bit more in that competitive area. And then the lessons that, you know, when it doesn't go your way and the call doesn't go your way or you don't win, like we're taking that through life. Like it, what, what they learned last week, and I know for a fact, is going to carry 10 years down the road. Oh, definitely. Yep. They'll be talking about that for a long time. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes I feel like we as coaches, a lot of times, we as coaches see potential in kids that they don't even see in themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's part of our responsibility to draw that out of them in Mm -hmm. a, in a way that um, will benefit them throughout the rest of their lives. So great point. um, Great point on your, on your part. 
All right, so we're going to ramp this up a little bit here, a little with, with more difficult questions. Okay, um, obviously a hot topic in sports right now is that of biological males competing in female sports. So I have my opinions about that. Curious to hear yours, Mabel. In your opinion, how will this impact female sports moving forward if this trend continues? Okay, so <laughs> uh, you are you are really ramping it up today. I get very passionate about topics like this because so I learned to play basketball as far as like the spacing, the movement, and I just divert back to basketball because softball is very much a secondary sport. But I'm sure Courtney can echo some of this. But I yeah, anyway, yeah. I learned how to play basketball playing with guys. Yeah. So when I was in when I was in about eighth grade, uh, eighth ninth grade um my dad you know we'd go to the ymca and there would be guys playing basketball and he would be like if you can handle a guy's ball you can handle a girl's ball and uh, if you can learn how to play with them then you'll be fine on the court with girls good luck and he mm -hmm. just kind of like <laughs> dropped me off and i kind of had to figure out how yeah. to get picked up and when i do like what do i do and i loved the the iq and the you know the i had to outsmart because i couldn't outsize i had to in some aspects try to outskill because in other ones i definitely couldn't mm -hmm. so maybe i could be a little bit of a better ball handler i could work a little bit harder on defense but what i always remember was how much more athletic guys are they just are mm -hmm. and and i tell girls all the time like we're we will never be guys we're not built that way. We yeah. don't have the explosiveness. I went through a really short stage where I thought I was going to be able to dunk and uh, <laughs> reality is pretty hard fast, uh, yeah. because we're just, we're just not guys. Mm -hmm. And, and we don't have to be when we can play with girls. Right. And so, uh, I, it's, it really, it really is bothersome for me because I want to be able to have female children one day who don't mm -hmm. have to worry about having to play like a guy. Right. Uh, while I like, I like the competitiveness and I like, I still play pickup with guys today and I like it, but there's, there's always that part of me that knows I can't do some of the things that they're doing. I physically just can't, I'm not built like that. And my yeah. body can't handle that, that kind of, you know, that kind of stress and strain that guys can. So the fact that guys would want to step into a girl's world, I guess mm -hmm. we could call it. Uh, and I get to teach history here and I'm yeah. really passionate about history. Too. And we get to talk about all the things that women fought for. And mm -hmm. it doesn't have to get like politically overboard or weird. There's yep. a balance to everything. But there are some things that women had to fight for. Yeah. And women finally got their their you know, their lane in sports. And now, now that's being infringed on too. And, and I just, I just don't understand that. It mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me when it's very clear. The, the stats show it, the facts show it, the science shows it. It's just very clear that our bodies are built differently. Mm -hmm. And, and now I have to worry about what the future of sports is going to look like for my children. Is yeah. my child even going to be safe? What kind of injuries is this going to bring in a guy boxing against a girl? Like, how's that? Or, or, you know, you, you know, a guy in a swimming pool against a girl or on a basketball mm -hmm. court against a girl. I mean, the dominance is obviously going to be there. Mm -hmm. So we're just undermining everything that we did for women mm -hmm. now, simply for the, you know, for a trend or inclusion or, yeah. or honestly, if we're really honest, because we're just, 
we're uneducated and yep. we're we just get pushed about by everything that comes up and it's it's very frustrating and i think all that it's going to do is it's going to hurt the the progress that women's sports has already made mm-hmm. until we wake up and realize that we are just wasting our time yeah and that and courtney i'm going to get to you in just a second um but if i could just encourage you both to keep using the platform that you have to speak up for what you believe in and to keep, um, you know, like you said, there was a lot of things that women had to fight for that you finally have. And mm-hmm. um, you got to keep that. You got to keep that moving forward and not take a step backwards. Um, you know, keep using your voice and even the platform you have as teachers and to encourage to encourage kids to do the right thing, to instill godly principles in them and to make a difference for the next generation. So and I, I, know, yeah. I know that you will both continue to do that. So. Courtney, um, on the same topic, how do you think the inclusion of biological males affects females' athletes' motivation, their confidence, I think that's a big thing, and their overall experience in sports? So girls already struggle in those areas, and they, like, without the inclusion of that. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, introducing that is going to be a huge factor. Um, God made us very different, and I've already mentioned it before, the mental and emotional struggles that girls um, fight for. Um, and just to this point, we, we just played a co-ed game yesterday and we're having the guys, you know, use wooden bats on purpose and they're still just killing it. They're killing it. Their throws, everything's just different. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes girls already lack motivation. Like why go, why go out and participate in something where I know I'm not going to win. Like Mabel said, like there's just, it's really no comparison. Um, the confidence that comes in a batter's box when you're down on an O2 count, against a really good pitcher, like that's already a show. And then we introduce someone that's going to be better. And it, and, and then pitching, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't imagine the the velocity at which a male coming into a pitcher circle is going to throw at. I can't yeah. even imagine that. Yeah. Uh, the experience, like that's part of it. Like what they're going to, what our girls are going to remember from last weekend is just the camaraderie and the, the great determination it took to win. Like that's, that's their fun and that's their place. And just for something for a guy to come in and kind of, you know, take that away from them would be very sad. Um, like Mabel said, like there's two very different things um, in softball and specifically in softball, like they have, you know, their version of that in baseball and coming into that would just, you know, it's already specifically designed for girls. I mean, girls, basketball is guys, basketball. There's like specific things that are already set apart. Um, sure. So when you introduce yeah. that, like you're just kind of throwing all those things away. Um, and I kind of honestly believe like they would even decline like those sports. Like we already see people speaking out about it vocally now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, 10 years down the road, who knows? Like if those sports would even still be existing the way that they're playing right now. Right. right. Could look totally different. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, it's great to hear your opinions on not just that, but the other things that we discussed. Um, I just uh, I this has been a great episode. I appreciate you both coming on and just want to encourage you to keep you know, as busy as you are and as tired as you feel after every single season. Um, I've been there uh, even recently. I'm there today. Um, but the but the impact that you're making is obviously eternal. And it's, it's just what kids need. Um, it's what parents need, even though it doesn't seem like it sometimes with the frustrations you might experience with a parent or two here and there. Um, but keep up the good work, you know, keep fighting the good fight. And and I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you both being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thanks, so much. Thanks for having us. All right, you're welcome. I can call you uncle, right? Or no? You can. Okay. You can. You definitely can. <laughs> and one day we shall meet. I guarantee it. 
<laughs> yes, sir. And I and I will wear my Yankees gear. I know. And I'm coming with my. I'm coming at you with my Red Sox stuff. So be ready. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Real Game. I'd like to leave you today with a quote from legendary basketball coach Pat Summit. Pat Summit coached at the University of Tennessee. She coached the women's basketball program there for many years. In her coaching career, she accrued an astounding 1,098 career victories, 16 SEC titles, 22 Final Fours, 8 national championships, and 7 national Coach of the Year awards. The quote is this, A guy raised his hand and asked if I had any advice when it came to coaching women. I gave him a death ray stare and said, don't worry about coaching women. Just go home and coach basketball. So good luck, coaches, and coach on.